Hey, hey everyone, it's Tori Townley with Servolution. On behalf of Pastor Dino Rizzo and our whole team, we want to welcome you to the Serve Brew. So grab your favorite mug and join us for a virtual coffee break with some of the raddest outreach leaders on the planet. We'll get to hear about their stories, their communities, gain fresh wisdom, insight, and practical tools to help us serve the people in our city with the love of Jesus every single day. So grab your coffee, your notebook, and hit play. Welcome to the Surf Brew, everybody. It's Tori Townley. Uh, I got my coffee. I'm doing Cafe Bustello today. And I have my friend Amanda Martell on the phone or the Zoom, whatever you call it. How are you today? Oh, I am so good, Tori. The weather outside, like Florida in fall, it's a little bit cooler. So it's only in the 80s now and not the 90s. So it's been a great day so far. (laughs) In October, finally. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm going to introduce you. But first, what are you drinking? What's your coffee of choice? Yeah, so my coffee of choice is super boring. Um, Ever since I was little, I used to sneak and steal sips of my grandma's coffee off the table, and she drank black coffee. And so I grew up, and I do the same exact thing as her, and I actually like it super strong. So I am drinking a double shot of espresso in a cute little Mickey mug. (laughs) Black. With no cream. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I also got my coffee drinking skills from my grandparents, but we're in Louisiana. So it is like three quarters milk and then a little bit of coffee, real weak. <laughs> so I backed down sweet. a little. <laughs> I backed down a yep. little bit. Lots of sweet, lots of sugar. I'm a latte kind of person, but working on it. Got a little espresso. So I grew up a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. I love it. Okay. So now we can introduce you now that we have the coffee talk. Um, you guys, Journey Church, Lake Worth, Lake Worth, Florida and surrounding areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's all of Palm Beach County, really. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so you're the outreach director there. And of course, it's funny, like the last five interviews I've done have been people that we have found through Instagram, really. Like, I know we're connected through ARC and all of that, but really, like, I have been, especially this year, Servolution, we've been leaning in really hard, just like, who's doing creative stuff, especially with COVID-19? And I swear, you guys have been on our featured outreach highlights weekly, like every single week. I'm like, I need to slow down. I got to stop featuring them, but I can't because you guys are so just doing such amazing work and then reached out to you and figured out you are such an incredible leader, such an incredible story. And I was like, we need to get you on the serve brew. So yeah, tell us a little bit about you. Like I'm getting to know you as well. So tell us all about Amanda. Yeah. So first I just want to say, man, thank you for everything that, that you guys do the Servolution team just to share. It's, it's so encouraging in times when there's so much darkness in the world that we get to go on our social media and see the goodness and the light and the kingdom of heaven moving forward, even though it might not seem like it on all of our other platforms, we can always count on that hope and that joy to come from that Instagram or that story or that post from you guys. So thank you for that. Um, always super encouraging and then all right so a little bit about myself I don't like talking about myself but here we go um so my story is is very interesting in 
I didn't become a Christian or know the name of Jesus or open my Bible until I was 26 years old. Um, my life growing up, I mean, if you can imagine, we, we grew up in, in poverty and my family was very, very broken. Um, I, I've been through a lot in, I've never had up until I was 26 and I realized, you know, I had a father in heaven and he loved me. I never had that, that love from a parent that you search for and you look for and you need in your life. And so growing up, I was filling my heart with all of these other things. And of course, nothing ever satisfied it. Um, I have been through abuse on many different levels. I have made so many mistakes in my life. And there was a point in my life where I hated God and I thought he hated me and I was, I was okay with that. Um, and I, I actually turned to sports. So softball was my jam. It was my escape from, from everything, from life, from all of the stuff happening around me. And I was actually really good at it. And through high school, I, I played. I still made super bad choices. Um, nobody ever invited me to church. You know, I didn't have a youth group or anything like that. And then I actually got a full ride athletic scholarship to Troy University in Alabama. And through that brokenness, um, I had some really terrible things happen in my family and just in my heart and in myself. And after two years, I came home and it was in that moment where I had nowhere else to go. I was filling my heart and my life with all of these things and I, I had nowhere else to go. So I said, you know what, God, I don't want to be here anymore. And I, you know, I attempted suicide a couple times and I knew that, that my life, I didn't want to live it anymore the way I was. And so I got down on my knees in that very moment. I knew there was a God. I knew he was in charge of everything. That's all I knew. So I said, can you please help me? Please help me. And from that, after that very moment, my grandma, who is this strong Christian woman, and, you know, we've all made mistakes, uh, generational mistakes and stuff like that, but she welcomed me into her home, into her care, and she started to show me who Jesus was, but uh, of course, I still pushed it away, because I didn't, you know, I didn't know Jesus, I didn't know uh, my Bible, I didn't know any of that, and then it wasn't until I was 26 that I met this boy and he is actually now my husband and he was a church boy and I was totally not into church boys at the time he was the first one ever and he kept inviting me to church and I was like that's really not my thing you know and of course he was super hot so I'm like all right I'll go to church like whatever you want let's do it and I walked into this place and for the first time and it's the power of the local church I felt loved through the smiles of the people that were welcoming me into church. The person who handed me my coffee was was nice. And that's nothing that I experienced before from the people that I was surrounded with my entire life. And I walked in and for the first time I heard the name of Jesus. And I learned about a man who actually is the son of God. And he came to this world and he died for, for me specifically for my sins. And God loves me that much. And it radically, in that moment, 
something clicked and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And when you are fully loved and fully known, there is nothing better than that in the whole wide world. And I started just getting involved. I remember my first time serving. It wasn't because I wanted to. It was because my, my you know, my boyfriend was hot and that's what he did. And I discovered a purpose for my life. And I never had that before. I was kind of just floating through, drifting through. And I realized that I wanted to do this forever, you know, and I started my relationship with Christ grew. And, and then I discovered that I, all of the things in my life through sports and leadership and the, the terrible things that have happened, these were all setting me up for something huge that God had for me. And he has been over my, the past I think four years of, of my ministry life, he has used every single one of those terrible things that happened to me to pastor and to care for somebody else. And right now, Tori, I am so full of the love of God that I just want to give it away, you know, and I want it for, for everyone, you know? Wow. Oh my gosh. Your story is so powerful. And to be 26 years old and experiencing Jesus for the first time. I cannot imagine, but you have so much fire. Like the first time I talked with you, I was like, oh my goodness, the amount of passion that you have for Jesus is so contagious. It's so beautiful. And I think about when you were talking, I think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown in the fiery furnace and they came out and it said, they didn't smell like smoke. There was not a single tinge of fire or any burns on their body. And it's like, you've been through so much hell and yet you've come out and no one would ever know. All that we see is the beauty. And I know that you carry, I'm sure there's scars, but like Jesus just redeemed all of those depths and flipped them into heights. And it's insane. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I feel like every time I hear a salvation story like that, I feel like my own salvation is sparked up again and renewed. So it's powerful. Thank you for, for sharing that part of your journey. So how did you go from this testimony, your life completely 180 into the role that you're in now? What did that look, look like? And how does your story kind of drive that work in, in this everyday life? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I was a baby Christian, like it, it snapped in, in my heart that like, I was 26 years old, living in Palm Beach County, going to school, you know, doing all the things that we do around our county in life. And nobody ever invited me to church. Nobody ever told me about Jesus. Nobody ever brought me a care package or, you know, just, just anything like that. And something inside of me felt the burden of that. And I love that the person that God created me to be, see, I was a bad human before Jesus, right? But the blood of Jesus washed me clean and everything that I was using my personality and my gifts for the bad things, now I get to use them for all of the good things. And I feel like I really see people as God sees them, just this beautiful person who, who can be something and has a purpose. And so my story is, is long and intricate and deep and sad, but it is full of the gospel. And I want to share that gospel and love with everyone in Palm Beach County. There's over uh, a million people in our county. We're one of the most unchurched counties in the entire U.S. And 
we are positioned, our church, I believe, to be a light on a hill. And once I started getting out in the community and discovering that God could use me for these things, and I love people, I love partnerships, um, I just got a fire that we're going to go and we're going to love everyone, you know? And I didn't even know that I was good at these things, you know? And God, I feel like he takes over my fingers and my brain and my mouth and he just makes it all happen, um, you know? Uh, and and now, like, it's, I just have, like, this huge fire to see my county transform and for the love of God that we have in our hearts as believers to not just stay in our four walls. No, I want to send people out to move the kingdom of heaven forward in the dark places, in the places where there shouldn't be any light, because I think that's where we need it the most. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. The the heart that you have. Um, so I'm curious, like, your story to me, especially like in the South is kind of rare. Like, well, hopefully it's not rare. Like you're, you're going back out and saying there's people who have never heard Jesus. And in, in the world that a lot of us in outreach live in, I feel like we do encounter that, but we also encounter people who know about Jesus, but they're kind of like straight away or, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a, we've heard about it, but we're not living it. So how do you, how do you like, I guess I'm thinking through the volunteers in your church and the people that you're leading. How do you yeah. help them understand like this is legitimately like the mission field, the harvest people are not, I guess, sorry, there's so many dynamics in all of this, but how do you help them bring their own salvation story alive? You have so much fresh fire. Someone who's been a Christian for 30 years, hopefully we have that passion, but it is easy to not feel the urgency anymore or the, you know what I mean? How do you navigate that world? Yeah. So uh, a few things, um, the heart of our lead pastor is one of the most I don't know, Jesus E. Hart, I guess. He, you know, he loves helping people outside of our church. He loves our, the people in our church, but he loves outreach. And I was thinking about it because the people in our church, they love outreach. Like our event signups fill up like so quickly and they're just on fire to serve. And I was like, what do all these people have in common? We sit in service on Sunday. That's the one thing we all have in common. And we listen to our lead pastor and his heart to see us as believers grow into the little disciples that God created us to be. And our mission statement is to see lives transformed, to live in love like Jesus. And our people really get that from his teaching and from his heart. And it just trickles down you know, from the top. And that is a huge, huge part of it. And then also just the excitement that comes from our lead pastors and from our, our, you know, our executive pastor, like everyone in our church loves it and they're down for our mission and our goals. But then also like just speaking into the technical stuff, um, branding. So outreach branding is super, super important. We have 
our little logo. So our logo is like an arrow, an and sign, and a an, an and sign and a heart, and it's go and love. And that logo is plastered on stickers, on bags, every care package. We have shirts, we have cool hats, we have the awesomest gear. And you don't get that gear unless you join a serve team one time or you come to an event and stuff like that. And so you start a hype about people seeing the little gear and the cool little emblems and people want to be a part of that. And so branding is super important. Um, and again, we, we brand everything, water bottles, we give out little sunglasses and a lot of people just want to be a part of journey outreach and go in love and everything we're, we're about. Wow, you guys have made it like the the in club. And a lot of times outreach is kind of like for the weirdos, outreach is for the people who are the misfits and they just gotta express them. No, you guys have made it like this is the thing. And it's so true. I can't say how many churches I've talked with that it's it's very true. If the leadership is invested in it and believes in it and passionate about it, the health of the church and the involvement is going to reflect the level of commitment. So I love that that's your pastor's heart. Um, how did you, I'm curious to know, how did you go from just volunteering with your boyfriend to becoming mm -hmm. now the outreach director? I was looking on y'all's website and you were the second staff member listed. And I was like, go ahead, outreach. That just reflects <laughs> the heart again. How did you get to this position? Um, yeah. I want to know what your background is too, like your your skill set and all of this. What What led you there? I have loaded questions. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I love talking about all of this. So um, in when I played softball my whole life, every weekend, all of these things, um, I was always kind of the leader on the team. I led my team and I didn't know that God was going to use all of that for, you know, his kingdom of heaven. But um, even in college, I was determined, I was disciplined and I didn't really, you know, like school that much, but I loved softball. And so everything that I learned from that sport now that I'm using it for God's kingdom, it's super, super powerful. Um, and let's see, how did I, okay, so I started just doing outreach, right? And then I was, I was a baby, like I said, baby Christian. And then someone was like, hey, you should start a small group. And I'm like, well, uh, we don't really know the Bible. My husband and I were engaged. And so can we do like a, an outreach small group? Like we love serving. And they're like, yeah, so every week our small group would go out into the community to homeless shelters or nursing homes or, and we would just serve. And we started celebrating that on our social medias and it caught, you know, everyone's attention. We want to be a part of this. We want to be a part of this. And then our small group grew to like 20 people. <laughs> and um, there was, I, I'll never forget it. I saw that there was a job opening at Journey and I loved our church and I just asked our pastor at the time, I said, what is it? And he's like, outreach director locally and globally. And immediately I was like, I can never do that. 100%. I said, no way. I didn't even apply. And um, I, you know, I went to high school. I did two years of college and I was, my, my major was business, but I really had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. And at the time I was a bartender and, you know, dealing with people, I loved people. And so I loved church and God ended up using that too for his kingdom and I I ended up applying someone told me hey you should apply for this and I ended up applying for an interview for six months and I was fully not qualified for this job Tori um I feel so empowered and thankful to 
our, our lead pastor and our pastors, just a lot of people in our church, we're, we're not good enough to do what we do, but they believe in us and they saw something in us. And because of the, the growth and the effort and the empowerment and the tools that they've given us to grow us into these leaders, when you tell someone that you, I see something in you, it's it's so empowering and so through all of that like I said I feel like sometimes Jesus just takes over everything and it's only by his strength and his wisdom and you know leading myself to grow and to learn and having the freedom to do that from um you know my direct reports and stuff like that um it's been a process and it's been a journey but I really feel like when your gifts and your passions that you have inside of you are aligned with the purpose that God has for you. Something so special and so powerful happens in that ministry, wherever that is. So encouragement for whoever is listening, if your gifts and passions aren't aligned with the place that you are, you're missing out on something that God wants to do and wants to use you for in a larger capacity. So always, always follow that and feel that out from him for sure. She's given a prophetic word today. That's <laughs> so good. I'm so glad that you said that. I, I just, man, it's so powerful. And I'm just, I'm thinking about my own story and how that's what happened with me. I was I was 14 years old when I got hired to work in outreach. I was homeschooled. I had no life experience whatsoever. <laughs> but Pastor Dino Renzo and J.P. Brumfeld took a chance on me and equipped me, empowered me, discipled me. And I found my sweet spot in life. And just like you're saying, that's, that's the God wants to get us to our sweet spot because he gave us dreams and design and wants to use us. And I just think about how God wove your story together, all of the experience from bartending to the pain that you walked through and sports. It's just so beautiful how he, he put it all together and look at the amount of excellence that you're bringing to this role. Like I, it is rare to see the level of just quality overall. It's just so, at least from where I'm seeing it, like the brand, I can think about the brand. When you said, it, I was like, I know what it looks like. Cause I've seen it. I've seen the smiley faces. I've seen it. You've just brought so much. It's like such a rich situation. I don't even know how to phrase it, but it's so powerful to see how God's using it. So man, that's amazing. Um, okay. I want to shift gears a little bit to kind of dig into the community. Tell us about the Palm Palm Springs area, is that what you said? I'm horrible at geography. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, Palm Beach County. Palm Beach County. County. Sorry. Yep. Palm Springs is something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, tell us about the community there. Like, what are the needs? What's the culture? What are the people like? Let us get to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, there's over a million people. It's super, super diverse, super dense. It's almost like a melting pot. Um, it's very rare that you meet someone from Florida or someone from Palm Beach in Palm Beach. Um, everybody moves here from up north, from the west, from the east. Um, so many people, they come down here. Um, we have lots of people that just come down here for you know, the winters that are crazy, but it is super diverse. And I actually love um, the diversity so much. So I live in downtown Lake Worth, which is an area where 
it's it's honestly not the best area, but you will find down one street every single race, probably like five or six different ones. And my husband and I, when we were looking to buy a house, we specifically and purposely positioned ourselves in this neighborhood so that we don't have to go very far to bless someone. And Tori, the need in our city is so, so, so big. And there is so many people to love and it's crazy and it's busy. And there are many nonprofits. It's crazy how many people are trying to pour back into our city and love it because there is such a big need for it. Um, and I would say like we we're on the beach. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Our beaches are gorgeous. Um, but there are a lot of hurting people and there are a lot of people that have either been hurt by the church or don't think God is, is mad at them. And we get to go out into this community and show them something different. Like I tell, um, our outreach teams that, when we go out there, like, I literally want the joy of Jesus to be melting off of you because people, they're not used to, like, we have some, some very cranky people in our city, you know? And so when someone is nice at the grocery store, it's, it's, it's a thing. Like what, what's going on? Like what's happening here? And so, um, we just get to be, like I said, a light and in a dark place. And I love the local church and, you know, it's God's bride and we love what God loves. And he loves this beautiful place that he created for his children and his princess and princesses to come into and to learn and to grow and then to go out and move the kingdom of heaven forward in our cities and in our counties. And we get to do it. So I love our, our city. We need you know, we need a whole lot of Jesus, but we get to, to bring that and to be that for, for our city. So powerful, man. I love how it's like, you're not just running a ministry. You're really living a life of love. Like that is what you're doing. It's who you are. It's not just a task. It's not, I've got, I've got, I know there's, it's a lot of behind the scenes work. I'm sure it's tons but it's who you are. The fact that you guys live right in the middle of it is so beautiful. It's such a personal thing. And that's what exudes from you. And that's what's contagious. It's incredible to see. So, okay, now that we know a little about the community, just the culture that you're in, what does the DNA, you've touched on it a little bit, but like the DNA of Journey Church, how do you guys, what's the secret sauce of how you guys have such an enthusiastic heart for serving. I know the leadership is so invested. You mentioned branding. What else would you say is like some of this, this recipe of magic? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't run our ministry. Our leaders run our ministry and that's what ministry is about empowering people. And we get so much done because we have leaders that we're not we're not even leading our our serve events we have a lead team of about i would say 15 or 16 people that are are our main like we pour into them we encourage them we have parties for them we feed them we we do all of these things and 
I really feel like they have so much ownership. They lead the events. They talk to the volunteers. They go out into the community and find who needs help. They are the ones that are saying, hey, can we do this? Yes, here's everything you need. Here's some volunteers. Go and do it. Um, and I would say, like, you have to have really, really great lead team and leaders so you're not doing everything. The goal is for you to look at everything that you're doing and say, what can I give away? Because I'll, I'll never forget one time early on in ministry, I was making spreadsheets for an event. It was before we had, it was very early on when outreach wasn't even like a thing yet. And I was doing it, I was doing it and it was taking so much time just to do this. And I'll never forget, I wanted to ask this one little, little nice lady, cause she, she, you know, she's a businesswoman and she's home and she's like, what can I do? What can I help with? And I almost felt bad asking her to do this because it was such a task that took me so much time and was just repetitive. That's not my love language, you know? And I remember asking her and about a week later, she said, Amanda, so I was slipping into a state of depression. I couldn't find my place in the church. I didn't want to join a dream team. That wasn't my thing. And she said, now I get to go into these spreadsheets and I get to pray over every single person as I put their name in. And she's like, some people are meant for the front and some people are meant for the back. And she's like, I want you to know that this is my purpose. And I pour everything that I have and everything I've been given into these little spreadsheets. So thank you for this opportunity to be a part of what God is doing in your ministry. And so encouragement for just other outreach directors. I know we love what we do. Right. And we don't want to give it up sometimes because we love it so much. But there is a person who is waiting to find their purpose and waiting to find their place in the kingdom and how God can use them. And so always share what what you have and see what you can give away to your leaders or even to anyone who asks. And don't don't say no. There's there's nothing for you to do. If a volunteer says, Hey, I want to come and help outreach, what can I do? we find something for them to do. You know, we don't ever want a person to find out who Jesus is and then not be able to share him and not be able to use, you know, themselves for the kingdom of heaven. So we find something um, for them to do. And we ask our lead team, hey, how there's a volunteer, how can they serve you? And so then they feel empowered. And so it's really our leaders that, that make it, make it happen. Man, I love your language there. It's such a small thing, but such a big perspective shift. And it's, we give work away. We give opportunities away. And I think even for me, it is hard sometimes, a lot of times, because I'm like, I can do it myself. I got it. This is my job. I should be able to do it. The point is you're supposed to be generous. And it's even in asking for help that you're being generous in a way. And yes, people are waiting to be needed. I know there's been times in the way past where I did ask, hey, is there anything I can do? And I, that wasn't needed. And it was really hard. It is such a powerful thing. Just like you mentioned in your testimony, finding purpose is really what like clicked for you. And so to be able to give purpose to people is such a big thing. So just even that little bit of language flip is so big. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then one, one more thing I want to add to that, say that someone wants to serve in outreach and you don't have anything for them. You're like, I only have stuff that I can do. There's nothing really 
Well, that's when we get to empower them and say, well, who do you like to love? Do you like kids? Do you have a heart for the homeless? Do you, and we can set you up with an organization, get you serving. And we've seen someone go into the school to read with kids. And then they started inviting their friends. And then that's a serve team that goes every week and they're in a small group and they're transforming lives. So it doesn't always have to be if they want to serve an outreach to serve you and what you are doing, they can serve other nonprofits in, in our area. So That's big. I love that. That's yeah. the question. It's who that's where you start. It's the heart of things. It's about people. You keep it there. That's big. Who do you want to love? Who do you love the most? Not the most, but who do you love? Um, okay. So can we get a little bit in the weeds on what is like the system of your outreach? I know on your website, you guys have first Saturday serve. You mentioned outreach, small groups and teams. Like if I'm a new volunteer in the church, what what kind of is my path? Is it all funneled through small groups? Do you jump in on a first step? Like what's the first step? What's the life of it? Yeah, so I'll get um, a little technical um, right now just so you can kind of understand. So we have served teams and then we have dream teams. A dream team is something that happens every week. You're serving within the church. You're a small group leader. It happens consistently. We have specifically asked that serve teams be a one-time or once-in-a-while thing. It's not a small group. You're not joining a dream team. And our serve team leaders know that when volunteers come, come to their serve project, they're asking them, hey, are you in a small group? Uh, are you on a dream team? Because we don't just want them to go out into the community. We want them to serve our house too. We want them in a small group where they can be consistently meeting on a weekly basis in a circle, getting their lives transformed. Um, and we, we don't want people to mistake, oh, I'm on a serve team, so I don't need to join a dream team. Or I don't need to join a small group. No, no, no. It, it's what we want for their heart. It's beautiful. Um, outreach should be, be an expression and an addition to what's happening within, you know, our church family and your friends and stuff like that. And so um, we are event based completely. Um, some events happen every week, you know, uh, someone will be like, there's a community center and Scott Herwig, he's one of our the best leaders we have. He goes every week and he's serving this community center. And he's like, Hey, you can create an, we create an event for him every week that's on our website and it has five spots open and anyone can join so that when, you know, Larry is going to miss a week, well, that spot is still open for someone else to, to step in. And then, um, of course there's first Saturday serve and we have 10 to 12 events every first Saturday serve. Uh, we have a leader for each event. We all gather at the campus, like one to 200 people. And then we have little leader stations with every event. So if people already know which event they signed up for, where they're going. Um, after we pray as a group, we break into teams and their leader is telling them, hey, here's where we're going. Here's your serve, you know, your guide. Here's your address paper and the team meets at the location and they serve together. And before first Saturday serve, it's, so beautiful and i love our outreach coordinator kristen hubers because this was a, a goal of ours when she came on and she crushed it um we have now to where our leaders are planning their own events for first saturday serve so a couple weeks before like they're talking to the foster family they're talking to the organization they're getting the supplies they're telling us how many people they need where they're going and that's it like it's, it took a lot, a lot of work to get there, but we've, we've gotten there and it's, 
it's doing really great. Wow. That is, it's such a unique model. That's not like the way that you guys do it, having outreach be all event-based with the heart of a church member having a holistic experience, being invested. That is such a unique model to me. And I love it. And I think why it works so well is again, it goes back to the commitment of your leadership, your pastor, so passionate about it, but you guys have such incredible involvement all the way around. It, it really is the secret sauce recipe. Like I said that in the interview questions, but I'm getting deeper in it with you and realizing like y'all have something very special here. And I love that. I haven't heard that very much before, but I love it because it is in, in the past, I have experienced sometimes people who jump in on an outreach team and don't get involved within the church can start to feel a separation a little bit. Like, you know, why don't they do this? And why doesn't the church handle this problem? Or I'm just going to do my thing and whatever. It's very easy to kind of have a divide. So I think it's so cool that the teams support each other in that way, that the serve team is focused on getting people involved within the church wall so that when people from outreach come to the church, when they're reached on an outreach, they get to come to a healthy home. It's huge. Yeah. It's brilliant. I think for some churches, um, they may not have that type of model right now because I know everybody's got a different thing, a different way of doing it. Some it's all through small groups. Some it's, you know, it just runs simultaneously. But I think there are elements of how you guys do it that could really be healthy and helpful for churches to take note of and lean in on. So that is really, really awesome. Very unique, very cool. Um, Let's see. I want to ask you, you guys, because we know how it works, like they have pretty much free reign. Your leaders have pretty much free reign on all these ideas. So tell us some of your favorite, most creative ideas that you guys have done so far this year. I have a list like, Oh my gosh, there's so many. The, the one of my favorites was Disney pin trading with children who have cancer and it was like a whole party. Then you guys did bubbles yes. and brunch and stuffed animals for first response. I have some of these might overlap. I could go on for years about how many cool things you guys have done. But what are some of your favorites? Oh yeah, and we always say who who's hurting right now and how can we love them and if they're like oh well, we only do this and you really can't help us no 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 like we want to help you and well what can we do so this is everything we can't do so what can we do we just started working with this organization and they have um they deal with children that were abused and they have these people called guardians that get trained up and they they are love these kids and they're friends with them and they help them through these things and 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 we got turned away a couple times like no there's nothing you can do and then we're like no 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 like we want to do something what about this and we're sending them all of these ideas because their ministry is so unique and so special and so we're going to end up making little care packages for children when they're taken from their home from being abused. And these are welcome little kits that the guardian is gonna give the child. And like we came up with that and we get to do that. So in our congregation, we'll be so excited to get together on a Saturday and make these little kits for children that, you know, are being abused and write cards in it and tell them about Jesus. And um, so that's a really cool one. we sent stuff to the Portland police that are just 
dealing with a lot right now. We don't, we don't keep our outreach just, you know, within our, our county. When there's something that's happening around the world that they need encouragement and the love of Jesus, we love to reach out and be there. And the response from that has been amazing. Um, something we do too, that's really cool. We have a community outreach team um, during every first Saturday serve. And they literally have like a piece of paper and it's almost like a scavenger hunt. They get points for praying with people. They have to wash like, you know, the windows of a local establishment. They go to downtown areas all across our county. Um, they have to act out the fruits of the spirit and take a picture of them acting it out with other people. Um, put four shopping carts away. Uh, feed one homeless person. Um, buy a coffee for someone. There's a Starbucks down there. And we give them a little gift card. We give them a backpack with like socks and snacks and all of these things to use. Um, that's really one of my favorite that we do. Um, COVID-19 workers, that was in the middle of when everything was just crazy. And we sent hundreds and hundreds of little just care packages and teams out to Publixes and laundromats and pharmacies to bless them with, you know, we, we see you and we love you and we encourage you. Uh, we just launched virtual outreach opportunities. So now we have Zoom teams getting together and making cards for kids with cancer, making cards for our kids in Haiti. Um, that's been really cool because it's almost like a small group over Zoom, but you're also loving our community. And we've made it to where you're only making one page cards and then you're taking a picture of it and sending it to our outreach email so that we can print them whenever we go to hospitals, whenever we go to school. So um, that's been really cool. Um, our emergency operations center. So there's never been a bigger emergency than COVID-19. And we saw them and we're like, we were loving, you know, our first responders and our healthcare care heroes. But what about these people that are running every emergency in our city? And now we've got this really great relationship with them. Um, we had the opportunity. Jesus was always kind of the weirdo to in our county, you know, like, oh, it's Christian, it's weird. I don't really know if we can do that. And Tori, from our little care packages and from our little lunches, there are city officials asking us to come in to their county offices and pray over their team. Our emergency operations center go into the main um, where they run everything. It's like stadium seating, there's big screens. And we got to pray and encourage the whole team in that moment. And we were asked to do that. So um, just taking care of everyone. If you think about what's going on in your county and who is working hard to make it happen, love them, you know? And most of these people that we get to love, and it's crazy how many people have been honestly like, hurt by the church or have a wrong opinion of the church because they grew up and it was this way and their parents made them do this and it was boring and all of these things. But I really feel that the, the newness that is happening within the local church of Jesus Christ is vibrant. It's beautiful. It's exciting. It's different. And people are open to it. And so with every care package we sent out, we've sent out thousands of little ones, big ones. We put church at home invites or a church invite. We never send one out without one. And our heart is not, we want more people in our, our church. Our heart is we want more people in heaven. And like, I am a church girl and I was one of those people who walked in to a local church and found out about Jesus and 
and my life changed and I was washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And I really want that for everyone. So we are fun. Um, there's a wall of unity in our city that was used to separate whites and blacks back in the day. Um, I usually meet with our, our mayors in our city, like uh, quarterly, just to, you know, give them a little candy box and tell them, you know, what can we do? We're here. Don't forget about us. Um, and they called us finally. <laughs> and they're like, hey, there's this wall and we don't have the money to repair it or paint it, but can you guys help? I know you have people and um, we, we get to do that now. So now we get to redo this wall. We're painting it on first Saturday serve and rebuilding it. And now it's a wall of unity in our city. So um, there's just so many things that we do. We have a, a, a specific team that just calls, you know, looks up nonprofits and finds out what they do and they add them to this Asana that we use. And when, when it's first Saturday serve and we need a couple more events, we get to reach out to these organizations and say, can we make, you know, care packages for your nursing home residents with pumpkins and, you know, candy? Yes, you can, you know, so. Dude, I love everything that you're saying. I love how it's, it's not anything except what you said. It is about getting people to heaven. It's not about getting butts in seats on a Sunday, which it's great if they do come to our church, but it is about heaven. And it's so, it is such a serious business. I think sometimes it can be easy to forget, oh, here comes the next first Saturday, sir. I've got to check off the box. Got to make sure we have our stats and make sure we got all the stuff. No, we're literally going to help people find Jesus and change eternity. And we have to always remember that and keep that before our people and our leaders and our volunteers. That is what life is about completely. So it's so inspiring just to hear that and be refreshed on that vision and keep that in front of us always. The ideas that you shared, I wish we had hours just to go through all of those. What are the how-tos? How do we get this? Let's keep talking. Yeah. Um, I, I love it so much. And I want to know more about the scavenger hunt. That is so cool. It's so much fun. It's right up my alley. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more questions. What, if you could give your fellow outreach directors and leaders a piece of advice, which you've given so much, but if you could like pick one, one little tidbit, little best practice, whatever it is, what would you share with them? Yeah, so the power of partnership is honestly how we we have been so influential in our city. Um, I would say get to know the people and the organizations that you're serving. I, every Christmas, am texting. I know what their kids are, what's happening on in their lives. Um, as the outreach director, like you're representing Jesus to the organizations that you serve. And so make sure you have a good team under you that can do all of the things so that you can have that power of partnership and the relationships with your partners. Um, and another thing that, that I learned really early on is, is you can't represent Jesus to your community if you're not full of him. Um, and so you have to be on point at leading yourself. Um, the content that you have that comes out of your mouth comes from what you're filling yourself up with. And so you can never be unprepared for anything if you're constantly just filling yourself up with, with ammo for your pastoral ministry um, and rest. So I know that when you're passionate about outreach, you are driven, you are on mission, you are doing it for God Almighty. So you're going to go, 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 go. 
but you have to rest. You have to take a Sabbath. I, I feel like we get most of the commandments right. Like, do not murder. Duh. Um, but take a Sabbath is something I feel like just a lot of pastors and church leaders miss. And I used to do the same thing. I used to run, 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 run. There's stuff to do. There's people to love. I'm doing it for God. So it's okay. But if God can create the universe and the world and say, hey, I'm just going to take a break for a day because he knows it's that important. I feel like we need to do the same thing. And burnout in ministry is so common. It's so, so a thing that we need to pay attention to. And I used to fight for balance, you know, my Jesus, my, all of the things to be balanced. But now I, I strive for momentum because when you get thrown off of your balance and things happen, things happen, family, this, that, and that, if you are in a good momentum, you're going to jump right back on to that path. And so definitely rest and then just stay close to Jesus. Be madly and wildly in love with him. Study his life, study who he is, study his heart, and just be so full of him that you just want to give it away, like all the time, you know, and, and prayer. Yeah. Prayer is huge. Um, God listens to us it shapes our heart and we're we only go as far as our prayers go so that's a huge thing to remember in everything because I know for a lot of us in ministry we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him you know and there are some big mountains and some big things that we wouldn't have gotten through if it wasn't for him and so in order for him to carry us through things when they get hard, we need to be close to him. He can't be far away. And so just um, there's a few things that help me in my journey and ministry. Preach that. You need like to preach a whole sermon for outreach. You can do a little Bible study or something and broadcast with Amanda because that is it's just inspiring me. I've got all kinds of notes over here. And it's also true how important it is to be connected to his heart. It's yeah, you cannot do it without him. And who would want to do it without him? It's so much more fun when you've got the Holy Spirit driving you. And I love what you said about not striving for balance, but momentum. I've never heard it put that way. It's so profound. I'm going to like really dig, dig, dig into that one. I can't talk because I'm so happy. <laughs> it's no good, man. Okay. Two more little questions. I might throw in a third. We'll see. Um, okay. What's inspiring you right now? Like, you have inspired us. So we want to dig into your influences. What books are you reading? What podcasts? What would you share with us to check out? Yeah, absolutely. So right now I am in the process for ordination and I am reading a lot of books. Um, one that really has, so right now these times are, are cray cray, right? Like everything is nuts. We don't know what's going on. And so I've literally been, and I have it right here. I went, I did the Old Testament. Um, it's the Old Testament study guide by Chuck Smith. And it takes you through the whole Bible. Um, and going through the whole Bible from start to finish just helps you remember the promises that God promised everyone. He pulled everyone out. And, you know, so that's really important. Also, I have been digging into, and I've read the book before, um, it's called Anonymous by, um, I forget who it's by. You can look it up. It's all about the life of Jesus, the hidden years. So Jesus, before he started his ministry, he was here for 30 years and the Bible only talks about it four times. 
And so this book goes through those anonymous years of Jesus and how the reason his ministry was so strong is because of those hidden years that he used to shape and condition himself for what was ahead. And so I started reading it again during quarantine because we were to ourselves, we were quiet and I almost felt like insignificant for a minute. Like why we're just waiting here. I want to go and do stuff. But then this book really just shares and aligns your heart with how important those hidden and quiet moments are uh, just for Jesus. And so that book, so good. Definitely read that. Um, and then also podcasts. So Craig Rochelle has been killing it on his leadership podcast. Um, I've been listening to everyone as soon as they come out. He's he's really in tune with what's going on right now, what we need to know as leaders. And he just drops like truth bombs every other sentence. So it's super good. And then I am a new mommy, kind of. So one and a half year old. And before her, I didn't even know how to change a diaper. And, you know, and so she blew my world up. And so Risen Motherhood is a great podcast. It relates motherhood and parenting to the gospel. Like every moment you have with your child is a chance for a gospel moment. And we need it as, you know, mommies for sure. Um, and then of course, um, our lead pastor, Scott Baugh, I don't miss a sermon. I feel like he follows me around. And then says, Amanda, this is what you need today to keep your heart aligned and to keep your heart strong and for your marriage to be better and for you to be a better human and for you to be more like Jesus. And so I never miss his. I usually re-listen to it just so my heart honestly stays aligned with his, which, hey, outreach directors, ministry peeps, like if you are missing services on Sundays or go back and watch them for you to be in on the same vision and for your heart to be aligned with your church and what your pastor believes, you need to hear his heart and you need to listen to, to what he says. And so um, that's just a few things that I keep going um, constantly. And Tori, I every chance I get, I'm an Enneagram one. And so like, I love improving. I love improving um, the world, myself, um, others, you know, and everything. And so um, keeping all of these things fresh in my mind and paying attention to how important and what I'm filling my mind with is really, really important. Dude, you're a one. I was going to ask, I was like, don't be annoying, Tori. Some people are not about the Enneagram, but I really wanted right. to. Like, it has to be a one. It's so yeah. cool. I have some ones in my life and I don't know where I'd be without them. I love just the capacity yeah. for life and the passion for life and things being excellent. It's, it's so, it's just exciting to be around someone who sees that way. So thank you for this new library of resources. I'm excited to yeah. dig in. I think you've got mm -hmm. us set for life, a little bit of everything. <laughs> I love that to pieces. Um, okay, how can people find you? How can we, maybe social media, website, what's the best way for people to follow up if they want to see more? Yeah, absolutely. So our church website is gojourneychurch.com. And from that, you can access all of the information about our church. Um, and then our outreach, we have an Instagram and a Facebook, and that is Go Journey Outreach. And if you see some stuff on there that you like and you have questions, man, shoot us a message. Um, I actually run those accounts. And so um, I have a team who answers all of the messages and stuff like that, but they have full access to me. Um, I love helping others in 
seeing seeing them you know be great at what they do in outreach and reach their city with the love and hope of Jesus because we're not here for that long <laughs> and so we gotta you know reach as many people as we can and if there are things that I've learned along the way that I can share with someone else, I mean, I am honored to do that and to empower others uh, to do it for sure. That's so great. Thank you for being just so generous with your life and your story and your knowledge. Thank you for that. It has been such a blessing for our community. I cannot wait for everybody to get to hear this. Um, and it's been inspiring to me personally. So thank you. Um, okay. I'm going to do one PS question, a bonus question okay. that I should have written in, but really quick, do you guys have anything special planned for holidays? Everybody's asking, how does it look in 2020? Real quick, what are y'all doing? Or do you know? Yet? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, so our our lead pastor, the month of December. I know it's Christmas and all of that, and we do do a lot of outreach. But he he really wants us to spend time with our families. So we try to get everything planned and everything done the beginning of December, and then he's like, "Go home and be with your families. Like, you know, let's not make it too crazy. Let's not have too many events." And so, like by mid December, we we tend to slow down. Um, which I'll, his heart is so good. But anyways, um, we throw every year a huge Christmas party for every foster family in Palm Beach County through four kids. And they're one of our huge partners. Um, we love, we love four kids and what they do. And so, um, we have, it's called pictures and pancakes. So we get Santa Claus to come to our campus and we have a pancake bar and they get to take pictures with Santa family pictures and they use their cell phones so that they can have a picture right away and we just pour into them and our kids pastor comes he talks to them we have little gifts for the kids that our kids ministry has been preparing we have fun we have games um so we do that every single christmas in the beginning of december and then um we also look to so we as a church don't try to do what others are doing like if you have an outreach idea I can almost 98% guarantee you there's already an organization or someone that's doing that, that you can empower and you can help and they're really good at it already. And so we partner with just a lot of different organizations in our county that help children and families and we just partner with them and come alongside of them. Um, we don't try to reinvent the real. We never want the glory as a church. We want these other organizations to have the glory and to be known. And when our people go serve, at their organizations, we want them to continue staying connected to them so that, you know, we can help them in their mission. Um, for Thanksgiving, we're doing a turkey drive where we collect um, donations for to adopt a family. And so there's like three to four organizations, nonprofits in our city that have already vetted the families, already know who needs help, and we get to go and serve when they give out the food and make a very nice donation to adopt like so many of their families and so like it's a win-win if you look for other organizations and we have something called circumstantial serve partners so these aren't like our main partners that we do you know super big things with but and circumstantial is if our people want to go serve well that's a circumstance you know and so we are constantly like our biggest resource i tell this um to community leaders all the time isn't our our money it's our people and they love to serve and so just keep that um, 
in mind that there's so many organizations that are already doing things, see how you can serve them, see how you can empower them and make sure that their, their vision and their mission aligns with, with yours, you know? That is such great advice. I love it. And especially this year, I think partners and organizations are going to need even more support than ever. So I think that's such great advice to think about as a church, especially this holiday season. So I love those ideas. I love everything you shared today. Cannot thank you enough for your time and just for the amazing heart that you have. And I'm so excited to get to stay in touch, but thank you. Thank you all of our listeners and viewers. I hope you'll have a wonderful week and we will see you next time on the surf group bye bye Hey, thanks so much for joining in on today's conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe to see who we'll be having coffee with next time on The Serve Brew. 